you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. I'm so happy to be with you. You know, it's an honor and a privilege for me to uh, be able to share, you know, what the Lord lays on my heart each and every uh, week. Um, I really appreciate that. And, and I appreciate the, the comments that I've gotten from uh, some of you who listen, uh, the encouragement, you know, uh, that, that you've given me. Uh, I was talking to my brother yesterday, and we were talking about how uh, words affect, you know. Uh, you can encourage someone, and it can it can make their day. You know, you can tear somebody down, and you can just cause them to feel very low. You know, words have an effect. So I appreciate uh, the comments and the encouragement. Uh, and I know as far as style goes, I, I'm pretty simple. You know, I'm, I've always been that way. I've always been, let's get to the point. Uh, I've never been long and drawn out. I think as I've gotten older, uh, I'm becoming a little bit more uh, that uh, long, longer, you know, and draw, drawn out. But for the most part, you know, the simplicity of the word, I, I feel like that's what we need. Uh, we need to go to the scriptures. We need to see the scriptures. We need to read the scriptures. Uh, we have to go back to the Bible, uh, make it plain. Because there's a lot, uh, you know, people who don't understand certain things that we may say if it's uh, cloaked in a certain way. And so I guess one of the gifts that I have is just being simple, <laughs> you know, just kind of being straight up about the word of God and, and, and just going back to the scriptures and reading it and uh, letting the Lord illuminate our hearts and our minds um, with what it's saying. Before I get into the topic I want to discuss uh, today, have a few announcements. The first thing is you can uh, email us at addisons at AFR.net. That's A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S at AFR.net. Also, we have our Marriage Family Life Conference. It's going to be happening July 7th through the night here in Tupelo, Mississippi, the Bancorp South Arena. Uh, there'll be more information coming. We, we've been planning. We're planning now. We're you know, just trying to get everything together and, and Man, we're excited about what the Lord is going to do at this conference. Uh, that's another thing about me. I'm just I'm not really a conference person. You know, I don't I don't want to do a conference just to do it, just to say, hey, we did this. You know, I expect the Lord to move. I expect uh, when people come that they'll hear from God, that they'll be touched by what uh, the speakers have to say. They'll, they'll be, you know, uh, challenged in their faith. Because uh, I think we can have pep rallies and conferences, you know, uh, till the cows come home. But, you know, to to have an anointed conference, to have something where people can actually hear from the Lord. And, it, and it's like a booster shot or it's like something that can really uh, rejuvenate families and, and children. And so that's that's our heart, that um, what we do, the Marriage Family Life Conference, would be a blessing to families. 
Uh, one of the features that we have within our conference is a conference within a conference, the Youth Apologetics Track. So uh, this is from ages 4 to 17 that we provide uh, apologetics and a biblical worldview for our children. So we want the whole family to be ministered to. So mark that on your calendar, uh, July 7th to the 9th. Uh, just, you know, bring the whole family and you'll get more information soon about registration and everything else that you need to know. But just put that on your calendar, kind of block that out uh, so you can be ready for that. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. Search Aaron Addison's. Uh, you can watch the broadcast live if you would like to do that. Uh, visit the By Design Facebook page. Just search By Design. And also we have a web page at uh, afa.net slash by design. Uh, if you desire uh, a clear and concise teaching on biblical response to critical race theory, you can get that at the store, the Resource Center for AFA. Um, and uh, a great job done by Miki. She really uh, researched this topic, but not just you know uh, for the cert for the uh, just for research sake, but also because we need a biblical response. What what should we believe as the people of God concerning critical race theory? And so she put that together. And it's a blessing. Also, if you're kind of local to this area, uh, we have a father-daughter banquet that I'll be speaking at at First Baptist Church Baldwin, Mississippi, on February 13th. Uh, so if you're in this area, tickets are $30 per couple, regardless of how many daughters. So if you have seven daughters, $30. <laughs> One daughter, $30. Uh, to get tickets and more information, just call 662-365-5201. That's 662-365-5201. Also, there's an urgent message that I, that I got from our friends uh, at Mississippi Patriots uh, for vaccine rights and medical freedom. And so um, just there's some things happening here in Mississippi. And I think, you know, for people who are here in this state, you need to be aware of uh, there are various medical freedom bills uh, in both houses. Uh, the religious exemption for children and abroad, uh, the vaccine passport ban have been waiting for Speaker Gunn to assign it a bill number and a committee. So there's some bills that are out there for uh, religious exemptions that are just waiting uh, to be assigned. Um, but he is stalling on purpose. And so the last two years, uh, he has double referred a religious exemption bill which means it has to go through two committees in the same short period of time. Uh, there are other bills related to COVID vaccine he hasn't uh, assigned either. And so he's letting the clock run out. And so if this is something that and you should be concerned about this, um, that we would have those medical freedoms, the, the, uh, the freedoms uh, to say, I don't want to inject this in my body. And so um, I'm going to give you an action, something that you can go and do uh, once I finish making this uh, announcement. And so Miki just had a chance to uh, speak at one of the rallies here in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, concerning uh, vaccine rights and, and medical freedoms. And so it's something that we should be concerned about because uh, freedoms taken away, there's going to be uh, continue to be uh, eroded away if we don't say anything about it, if we don't put our action to it. But on the Senate side, there's also a religious exemption bill for children uh, from Senator Angela Hill, who has been a guest on our show a few times. Uh, it's SB 2107. 
Uh, it has been assigned to uh, Hob Bryan's health committee, but he hasn't brought it up for a discussion. And so if he doesn't this week, it will be considered dead in committee. So it's just, uh, again, uh, they're holding up these bills that would, uh, you know, give medical freedoms and exemptions. Uh, several senators have told uh, MPVR that Lieutenant Governor Holzman said either last year or the year before that a religious exemption would never pass as long as he's in office. So MPVR uh, representatives, they met with senators last week and was told they most likely have the support there. Uh, they just need a chance to vote on it. So these bills are being held up on purpose. Uh, leadership is who keeps uh, stopping uh, these bills from going forward. And so if you want to take action, you can go to mpvrpac.com slash alerts. That's mpvrpac.com slash alerts. And it's just going to ask you to, to, to sign and, um, you know, um, just make your statement concerning vaccine rights and medical freedoms. And so just want to put that out there. Uh, for those who are in Mississippi and you're listening to this um, and, and you're concerned about these things, take action. All right. All right. Well, today, today, uh, the topic is, and I know this is not good English, but ain't nothing changed. <laughs> ain't nothing changed. That's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter uh, one, verse nine. It says that which has been is that which will be. And that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun, right? So we are in a battle each day. And there are things of a spiritual nature that's happening all around us that quite honestly, uh, we are not aware of. There are spiritual forces. There are things happening that we can't see with our you know, physical eyes, our natural eyes. But it does not mean that there are not things going on. Uh, in our humanity, I found uh, there to be three main enemies of our soul. Three main enemies of our soul. Uh, the devil, he's an enemy. The world and our flesh. And our flesh. Our own selves. We, a lot of times, we step in the, in the, in the way, you know, and hurt ourselves from advancing in the things of God. And sometimes we tend to blame the devil for a lot of what's going wrong in our lives, you know. But I found that the flesh coupled with this world system are largely responsible for a lot of the trouble we face on a daily basis. Now, I always said that, that our flesh, you know, our uh, outer, outer man, as uh, Watchman Nee puts it, you know, that communes with this world, Man, it's, it's for our demise. This world system is set up for us to fall. We desire to live right as ones who are following Christ. But this world system, man, it, it can have a pull and can, can have a hold on us. So we, we're talking about three enemies, the devil. Now, we understand him to be our adversary. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, it says, Be a sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith, 
knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So he's identified as an adversary, one who is against us. Uh, he prowls around like a roaring lion. You know, that could be intimidating, but it says like a roaring lion. And we have a job to do when he, pro- when he prowls around us and tries to, to tempt us. The Bible said, but resist him. So we resist him firm in our faith. And we got to make sure we're firm in our faith. Do we know what we believe? Are we understanding, you know, uh, the things of the word, the Bible? Or are we just saying I'm a Christian because I live in America? Well, if, if that's the case, your faith is not going to be firm. It's not firm because once those winds of life blow and once those problems, those, those temptations, those trials come, you're going to fold. But if you're firm in your faith, you're able to resist the devil who is our adversary. So we uh, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So you're not just isolated in your suffering, that there are Christians around the world who are enduring what you are enduring and more. So we can take courage that this is not just us going through this. Oh, woe is me. No, our brothers and sisters around the world are facing some of these same difficulties and even more. And even more. He wants to destroy us. The devil wants to destroy us. Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So in this uh, situation, he's talking to Peter, but the devil wants to do the same thing to us. He desires to sift us like wheat. He desires to take us out, make us ineffective, cause us to stumble and to fall. But Jesus said, I pray for you. And the awesome thing about that is that he's still praying for us. The Bible says that he's making intercession on our behalf. He's at the right hand of the father. So he's praying for us as well. And so we have that advocate in Jesus Christ. But he, the devil, is an enemy. He's one of the enemies. And so we're going to talk about the other two when we come back from the break. Ain't nothing changed. He's been doing the same thing from the beginning. He's doing it now. And we have to understand who we are in Christ. This is Aaron Addison's Wednesdays with Will. We'll be back right after this. This is Ernie Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. Thank you for listening. Uh, that's uh, J. Will Music with Under the Sun. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. Ain't nothing changed. The same type of uh, temptations and things that uh, were in times past, it, it's the same today. And we have enemies. We have to understand that we are in 
uh, a, a war. We're in a battle every, every day. And sometimes we don't live like it, but we are. And so we talked about uh, the enemy being the devil, him being an adversary, our adversary. And I gave the scripture uh, references, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, and also how he wanted to destroy Peter. But Jesus said, I prayed for you. And it's something he said, he said, but I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, Man, that's so much encouragement in that. He's telling Peter, you're going you're gonna to turn again. You're going to come back. You're going to have this crisis that happens. And the, the, the devil wants to, to sift you. But, man, I'm praying for you that your fate may not fail. When once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And that's one, one of those things that comes out of temptations and trials. We have the ability to strengthen someone else who's going through the same type of stuff. You know, there's benefits to the trials. There's benefits. You know, it's not all, you know, just to hurt us and to uh, uh, set us back. But there's some benefits if we walk through in the proper way to those trials that we'll be able to go back and strengthen our brothers. But, but Satan's desire for the people of God today is the same as he had for, for Peter. He wants to sift us like wheat. We have all these things that we see going on, even uh, in, our, in this culture that we live in. Um, it's all in efforts to silence the Christian, to put us in a corner, to sift us, to, for our faith to fail. But, man, we can rest assured that Jesus is praying, that the Holy Spirit, you know, is within us. Man, we can't lose. But next, he's a thief. He's an adversary and the devil. He's a thief. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's John chapter 10, verse 10. So he's an adversary. He's a thief. He comes to steal those things that are precious, that are right and good. And he, he and the Bible said he only comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's his mode of operation. That's nothing good that he comes to do. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. So the devil, devil is definitely the enemy and his desire is really to get at God. And we are like the pawns in the game, right? We are like the pawns in the game for him. And being made in the image of God, in God's image, he despises us. He despises us. And he wants um, as many image bearers as possible to be in hell where he is. That's the end game. He wants image bearers to be where he is because he hates God. He hates God. And we have another enemy. We have another enemy, our flesh. Now, I would say this enemy, to me, has to be our greatest enemy, us. <laughs> this old man that has to be murdered and put to death daily. And if, if he's not and he's allowed to live, he will wreak havoc on our lives. You know, the, the battle is clearly explained in Scripture, Romans chapter 8. 
It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, for what it could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we're submitting to that old man that's supposed to be crucified with Christ and no longer live. If we're submitting to that old way, you know, I said it before, we're a tripart being, spirit, soul, body. And a lot of times as Christians, we even, we live in the soulish realm, governed by our mind, will, and emotions. Or we can even dabble in the fleshly realm. We're not supposed to because everything is supposed to be subject to the spirit. The spirit should be ruling the day. But a lot of times we find ourselves dabbling and operating in the soulish realm. In our in our own mental capacity, our own mind, our wills, our emotions is a big one. A lot of times we could be led by our emotions. Something happened in our day. We're on an emotional roller coaster. You know, something goes wrong. Man, we're governed by our emotions. Somebody speak to us sideways. We're angry in a way that is sinful. And we are not to be governed that way. That's why I say ourselves, us, we are a major enemy in this whole piece. We are a major enemy. He says, set your mind on things above. This is Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 through 7. Set your minds on things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is the reality, folks. This is where we are if we are in Christ. Now, we may not live like this all the time, but this is the reality. This is our position in Christ. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them, you also once walked. You catch that? Once walked. See, this is not... Uh, for the believer today, like we are in Christ, we were like that, 
And and there's something to remembering that in the sense of we've been redeemed. But that was the way that we used to act. We once walked like that. So he said, and in them, you also once walked when you were living in them. But that's not the case anymore. So you see, our position in Christ is one of being redeemed, one who has been taken out of darkness, one who has been uh, engrafted in, uh, in and adopted into the family of God. But a lot of times, man, we act like we're still part of that old nature, that sinful nature, that old man, that we are governed by our flesh, we're governed by our soul, and not by the spirit. But if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Right here, you see that struggle. You see um, that the, the, the things of the Spirit are not in line or can't merge with the things of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit. Against the Spirit. So you use, like in Romans chapter 8, going back there, it says, um, um, spirit, the spirit is life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. So we see there's a hostility towards God when we're operating in the flesh. It says, for it does not subject itself uh, to the law of God, for it, it is not even able to do so. So when we're uh, living in the flesh and, and walking according to the dictates of this world, we can't subject ourselves to the law of God. That mind, they don't mesh. So the admonition from the apostle uh, Paul is that we will walk by the Spirit. And if we walk by the Spirit, the Bible says in Galatians 5, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So if you want to be holy, you want to be upright, you want to walk according to the Word of God, well, we have to learn how to walk according to the Spirit, how to surrender our wills and our emotions and everything to, to God that we may be able to walk in a, such a way that will be pleasing to God, walking in the spirit. This is something that we should pray. Lord, help me to see those blind spots in my life where I'm messing up that I may walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. This is something that we are dealing with each and every day. We, the, the flesh has to die daily. That old way of thinking has to die daily. Yes, we've been born again. We've been renewed. We've been saved. But man, our mind has to be renewed as well through the word of God. And so we can't live according to the flesh. If we live according to the flesh, we cannot please God. It's impossible. But I want to move on. The temptation of every human is rooted here. And here's a scripture. Here's something um, that was from the even the beginning, and we're going to see it throughout Scripture. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Right here, we can identify the three things that has tripped up mankind. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Remember back in the garden, remember Adam and Eve, they were tempted. The first Adam. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says, When the woman saw, lust of the eyes, that the tree was good for food, and that it was uh, a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. Lust of the flesh. You know, my appetite, man, this looks good to eat. Man, it looks good too. Like, it's beautiful. It's a delight to the eyes. The pride of life. Man, it can, this will make me wise. Even though God told them, don't eat from that tree. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. We see that way back in the garden. She took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. So what we have here, that same scripture that's been, that's been identified uh, in 1 John, do not love this world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away and also it's lust for the one who does the will of God lives forever. And there you have it. The fruit is beautiful. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Then remember, Jesus was tempted. Our Lord was tempted by the devil in Luke chapter four. You can find this account. The second Adam or the last final Adam. But in that account, in Luke chapter 4, looking at verse first, verse uh, 1 through 4, we see the same pattern. Ain't nothing changed. So what I'm trying to, to show you guys that it's going to fall under these categories. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. When you're tempted with something, it, it's going to seize upon those things within you to try to get you to fall. So Jesus was, was, was tempted. And the first test was uh, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, um, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. <laughs> Fasting 40 days. He became hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, Man shall not live by on bread alone. <laughs> so he tried to appeal to Jesus is his flesh. Look, you hungry. Why don't you go ahead and do this? Turn the, this, these stones to bread. But Jesus had what? He had the word of God to combat the temptations and the test of the devil. We're going to continue on. Um, this is a pattern. Ain't nothing changed. <laughs> this is Aaron Addison's Wednesdays with Will. Be back right after this.
new comedy problem isn't that there are people, isn't that there are advertisements, isn't that there are systems out there that are making you sing, you know, the problem is you. Instead of making excuses and blaming when you sin, face it, the truth is saying, I'm the problem. My heart's sick as a leper. My biggest dilemma's my sin in the center of me. I'm the problem. Yo, I'm stubborn and stiff neck, loving what's wicked. The judge I don't respect, cause I'm the problem. And it isn't our spouses, though kids are a challenge. The sin it is countless, but I'm the problem. It can't be solved by modern psychology. And no, our problem is not the economy or stopping the poverty. It's that often we want to be God in our awful autonomy. It's not my health or my loss of wealth, but rather that my favorite God is self. My problem's me and my idolatry, and my folly to not see Christ is all I need. My biggest problems, not thinking I'm the biggest problem. We do this thing so often. The heart of the matter is my heart is the matter. God's image in me is more than it shattered. My biggest problems, not thinking I'm the biggest problem. We do this thing so often. The heart of the matter is my heart is the matter. God's image in me is more than it shattered. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. That's Timothy Brendo and Shy Lynn with I'm the Problem. And I played a little bit more of that song because it's right on target with what we're talking about today. It's us. It's sin that that abides within us. That's where all these things come from. So we have to submit ourselves to God, ask God to show us those blind spots, those areas. And that's why we need the fellowship of the believers as well. And we can't be afraid of, you know, a brother or a sister uh, uh, seeing some things and, and, and questioning us and saying, man, I see this like it don't seem right, Will. Like, man, you know, what's going on here? We need each other. We need each other. I'm the problem. <laughs> it, that, that sin, that stuff originates inside of me. And we have to submit ourselves to God so that we can be free, so that we can be totally free, so that we can walk in the spirit, walk by the spirit. So today we're talking about ain't nothing changed. The way that these, temptation come, that these temptations come, the same way. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And I was showing before the break how Jesus was tempted in the same way, in the same way. But we know the outcome already because the Bible tells us that he was tempted in all ways, yet found without sin. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, that's not our story. <laughs> We're found with much sin. But man, our, our advocate, our high priest, found without sin, yet tempted in all these ways. But that first uh, test where the, the devil tried to, you know, play up on the, the flesh. You're hungry. Turn this, these, this, this stone into bread. You know, you can do it. Jesus came back. Man should not live on bread alone. <laughs> the word of God, the word of God. And then test number two. You can find this in Luke chapter four, verse five, um, six. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He showed him. Look at this. Put your eyes on this. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory. For it has been handed over to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Jesus answered. It is written, you shall Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. (laughs) 
So he tried to appeal to, and he wanted to show him, look, all this I have, look at this. Lust of the eyes. Put your eyes on this. And look, the enemy tried to do this to us today. Look at that. You can have that. You can have this. And man, we have to combat these temptations and these trials and these tests with the word of God. That's what Jesus did. He's our model. And so when we have these same things come up, you know, in, 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 in our lives, well, here's the blueprint, the word of God. But you got to know the word to be able to do that. You got to know the word to be able to do that. And then test three. Luke chapter four, nine through 13. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, <laughs> man, listen to this. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written. And he tried to use scripture too. Tried to, he twisted it. For it is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, <laughs> man, and Jesus answered and said to him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. What did the scripture say? Resist the devil and what? He will flee. <laughs> How do you resist the devil? By saying, you know, I rebuke you, devil. No, the scripture, the word of God, the word of God. So the devil tried to come to Jesus through the lust of the flesh, <laughs> of the eyes and the pride of life. Jesus came back and look, Jesus was in the state of having fasted for 40 days. I mean, that, that's a weak, that's a weakness to the body. But man, he was strong spiritually. He was, you know, so he was able to say, you're showing me these things. You're trying to get me to do this stuff. You want me to throw myself down. If you are the son of God, if you are, it's, it's a challenge trying to appeal to some pride. Jesus like, nope. you don't put the Lord, your God to the test. <laughs> and what the enemy had to flee. He had to flee. So I want to uh, look at Romans chapter five. I'm going to try to speed things up here. Um, the results of the first Adam and the second Adam. And we see where the first Adam, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, he fell. Right. But the final Adam, with Jesus, he overcame, he conquered without sin. But Romans chapter five. And, you know, I know it's not cool to just read the Bible on the radio. But look, this is the word of God. We're going to read it. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To whom also we have obtained our uh, introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God and do not. And, and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, hmm. knowing that the tri tribulation brings about perseverance. That's something that we don't like. Tribulation brings about what? Perseverance and perseverance, proven character 
and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Verse 6, for while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That was us. At the height of our sin, Christ died. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Praise God. So therefore, because of this, therefore, just as through one man's sin entered into the world, as Adam, and death through sin, and so death uh, spread to all men because all sin. So that introduced sin, you know, death to all men through that sin, everybody. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him, capital H, who was to come. So Adam was a type of who was to come, and we know who that was. But the free gift is not like the transgression, for if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. So Christ was made to save many. Like where there was death through Adam, through Christ, many will be saved. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from the transgression resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose uh, from many transgressions resulting in justification. <laughs> For if by the transgression of the one death reigned uh, through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So this is our opportunity here. We have all sinned. We have all inherited that sin nature, but through Christ, we can be justified, made new. Our sins not counted against us. Man, what a deal. <laughs> his righteousness imputed towards us. Like we take on his righteousness. When the father sees us, he sees us covered by the blood of Christ. Who would not want that? Who would want to remain in their sin? Not me. Let me go ahead and finish this up. So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation uh, to all men, even so, 
through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification to life to all men. Whereas through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, Adam, even so through the obedience of the one that many will be made righteous, Jesus Christ. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in debt, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's chapter 5 of Romans. I read the whole thing. And look, man, I'm not ashamed of that. Because this is our justification, our peace. You know, this is the, the, the way that's been made for us through Christ. That we were once living in sin. We were once subject to the dictates of the world. But now through Christ, we have been rescued from that. To live a life according to his standard. The freedom that we have in Christ is amazing. It's amazing. So our inner sin and the devil works hand in hand for our destruction. And man is tempted by his own lust and desires. It's us. It's like the song said, I'm the problem. James chapter 1, verse 13 to 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted... When what? When he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. I'm the problem. Like the song said, I'm the problem. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. That's that progression or regression, whatever you want to call it. So the problem is, is within us. These things, these sinful acts, they come from within us. From within us. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. So, Lord, help me. Help me in my situation. In you know, the things that I'm being pulled into. It's, it's within me. I have a desire for that stuff. Lord, would you help me? Would you break that? Would you help me? We should cry out to God. James chapter 4. Four through eight. I'm coming to the end. You adulterous, uh, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He uh, jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's what Jesus did. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So the answer is Jesus Christ. He's our high priest, tempted at all points, yet without sin. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's the answer. Draw near. Don't draw away from God. Draw near to God. He's been he's been through it all yet without sin. So we look to him because he's our high priest. He's our high priest. Ain't nothing changed, y'all. Ask God for wisdom. Help us to have discernment. 
This is Aaron Addison's. We'll be back tomorrow. Lord willing, God bless. <laughs>